HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border, coast to coast, and all the ships at sea. Streaming live from the County of Kings, Brooklyn, New York City, on the Heritage Radio Network. Are you ready for the fastest half hour on the internet today? It's the Mike and Judy Show, spanning the globe for high-minded hijinks and low-brow kicks to bring you the best in sex, drugs, rock and roll, and nuclear fission. They're too bad for radio and too good-looking for television. And now, here they are, the Nichols and May of the Now Generation, your hosts, Mike Edison and Judy McGuire. Yay, it's Sunday. <laughs> it's Sunday in Brooklyn, and uh, you're going to the Great Googa Yes, I am. Luckily, I've already planned not to wait in line for beer. I'm just going to have... Um, wait, you're going? Yeah, I'm going. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's the Mike and Judy Show, streaming live here at Roberta's and the Heritage Radio Network. Jack, you were at the Googa Show yesterday, the Googa I was there. Fiesta. I was there. You were a very important person there, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you didn't have to suck it up with the rest of the punters. How was it yesterday? It was fun. Uh, Sarah O'Brightis gave me a horse bologna sandwich. Ew. So I ate horse. Oh. Yeah. Jack. Yeah, I saw, I saw good, that horse man. was on the menu. And I was just talking to uh, Patrick Martins, our, our, our corporate sponsor here at uh, Heritage Radio, and he said, don't eat horse. I was surprised. No, he said, do eat horse. I thought he said, don't eat horse. Oh, yeah, he went on a whole rant on his show today about why you should eat horse. Well, he's, very, he's very confused. You should eat horse. <laughs> Yesterday, he was telling me I should eat endangered species, and it sounded weird at first, but then it made sense because he was talking about biodiversity. The problem is, is that Purdue only breeds one kind of chicken, and then they have that oven roaster thing, which is not a chicken, and certain kinds of pork that are easy to breed, and because of industrial farming. Farming, there's only going to be one kind of pig eventually. So, so you eat, should eat like a snow leopard? No, that's not really where he was going with this. He just thinks that there should be, there are so many different kinds of, of pigs, and there's mm-hmm. so many members of the cow family and the chicken family that unless we all enjoy all of them, they're going to become extinct soon enough. Does that make any sense at all? No, because uh, so they'll become extinct unless we kill them and eat them. Unless we eat them enough to encourage people to breed them. Okay. Unless there's a reason to breed them and maintain biodiversity. I think he's turning me vegan. Horse. <laughs> horse is good. good. Horse is okay. Yeah, man. Horse is a bad rap in America. I love horses. I was like the That's girl why you who should had... eat them. <laughs> I used to have all those little plastic <laughs> horses and 
No, no sound effects, no trigger. No, I had nothing. <laughs> but see, the thing is, if they're not used for for consumption, then when they get old, that their lives are horrible. So by well, eating them, you're actually saving them. So you're eating an old horse, like a leathery old horse, be- before it gets all old and worthless. I guess. On a lighter note, we're going to be celebrating Donna Summer today. Who died? Who died? Like an old horse. I know. This was like last week. It was like Mother's Day. It was like... <laughs> yeah, I know. Mother's Day was like our dead mother celebration and our perverted guest. And... Um, <laughs> My mom says you're very nice, though. She, she says you sound very nice. very nice. I am very nice. I told her you were, in fact, very nice. Mm-hmm. But, but spoken for. She's been calling me all week. Judy sounds very nice. <laughs> Tell me again how you know her. <laughs> Mom's got a boyfriend. <laughs> I used to bang her friend, Mom. <laughs> I didn't mention that. Okay. I think you did, though, actually. I did. I, I told her that. So um, let's get to our first guest. Uh, we're going to talk about food and sex today. But first, our first guest is my friend Larry Harris who is the author of the book and party every day, the Casablanca record story. And uh, we thought maybe we'd talk a little about Donna Summer and the Michigas that was Casablanca records. Hey, Jack, is Larry on the line yet? Larry's on the line. Larry's on the line. Hey, Larry, how's it going, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Glad to have you here. You're on the Mike and Judy show with uh, me and my friend Judy McGuire. So, I'm um, oh my, excited. I'm excited, too. You know, I, I, I love your book. And, of course, Donna Summer uh, died this week, so I think you're getting a second round of publicity and the spotlight, which is very well-deserved. Uh, tell us, you worked at Casablanca from uh, when, and you were part of the whole disco phenom. Well, we st- I started Casablanca with Neil Bogart in 1974 and uh, worked there till the end of 79. Did you know Donna was going to be a huge hit the first time you heard her? No, no, absolutely not. We had signed... Three, uh, three different uh, projects from Giorgio Moroda. One of them was Donna Summer uh, on the basis of Love to Love You Baby. Um, and the other two were electronic um, kind of rock things that uh, nothing really happened with. Uh, but no, we signed Donna and the other two because we had no money to sign anything and we got those for free. <laughs> so so um so was she which what was she like to work with what's one of your favorite donna stories well in the beginning it was um you know it was all i love you guys thanks for the opportunity i'll never forget what you're doing for me and then you know three or four years later it was well you guys had nothing to do with it yeah who are you <laughs> uh, Casablanca of course is notorious and you talk about this at length uh, in your book I mean that was a company that was fueled by cocaine and I guess eventually sort of toppled under the weight of its own uh, hedonism and excess is that an exaggeration Larry or is that the truth no it didn't topple because of the hedonism it toppled because my partner Neil was a big gambler oh. and um, he gambled on a lot of things uh, one was putting out four Kiss albums at a time. Um, well, the four solo records, right? The, the right, and that failed and cost us a fortune. But, uh, no, we were, we were doing pretty good, but we kept growing and growing, and Neil didn't see any reason not to keep hiring people and expanding and expanding and expanding. And eventually that caught up with us. Well, what were the biggest successes over at Casablanca? Um, Kiss and Donna Summer, of course. Well, and Kiss, else? Donna Summer, Village People, Parliament. Uh, we signed Robin Williams, who sold a million, Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, we had uh, some movies, The Deep, Thank God It's Friday, Midnight Express, which won an Academy Award. Um, so those were the biggest artists. Casablanca was a huge media conglomerate. I mean, it's hard to, hard to imagine now. 
You know, the funny thing, you know, talk about disco, which um, we're all talking about Donna Summer, and I, everybody I know, and all the punk rockers I know are even remembering her very fondly and liking this. But do you remember, Judy, 1977? I mean, it was Disco Sucks. Was a pretty, yes, Disco pretty, did suck. You know, it was a pretty heavy vibe. Uh, disco Demolition Day out in Chicago, uh, you know, the Chicago um, White Sox, yeah, right? Yeah, but we, we, we love that. We loved it because people had to buy disco records, which were usually ours, to burn. <laughs> no press is bad press. I, I should be so lucky with one of my books. <laughs> I know. I wish mine got banned. <laughs> working on it. Working on it. Uh, yeah, band usually helps. But, you know, disco, people talk about how disco died and da-da-da. It never died. Nah. I mean, look at all the hits today. Most of them are based on disco. You know, I mean, Rihanna and Beyonce and, and even Madonna's stuff. I mean... There's so much dance music out there now. So were you a Studio 54 regular? You must have been. Yeah, we actually had a, an album with Studio 54. What was, the, what was that like? Was it as debauched as we heard about? I was. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it was as debauched as you heard, and Steve Rubell was a crazy man. Uh, talking about fueled by cocaine, my God. Yeah. Um, but it, it was the 70s. I mean, people were... We're celebrating, first of all, it was the first time the gay lifestyle got some exposure. Mm -hmm. uh, the Vietnam War was over. Uh, Nixon was kicked out of office. Uh, I mean, there were just things happening in America. I mean, women's rights were finally coming in the forefront. So, so the country needed something to burn the steam off of. And that was cocaine and disco. That was cocaine and uh, disco took its place, yeah. I can't I mean wait for the second coming. But clubs were so much more fun then because you could just buy a drink. Now when you go to a club, you have to buy a bottle. It costs hundreds of dollars. Well, it's funny. I was in Las Vegas last week, and we went to this big place, the trendy place, the hot spot. It's called Tao. It's in the Bellagio Hotel. And um, I was fortunate enough to be VIP'd up, and they sort of walked right in, and the stanchion dropped. But it was like those bottle service, $200, you know, a bottle. And it was massively loud, and this huge laser light show. And I said to these guys, why do you guys want to go to a discotheque? And they're like, what are you talking about? This isn't a discotheque. This is a club. <laughs> and, okay, Grandpa. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like that. You know, but Donna, 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 you know, thinking about Donna, I mean... I don't think, until now, she got the amount of credit she was due. Uh, now people are talking about how everybody copied her or, or did her songs. And, uh, but, you know, for a couple of decades there, people were paying really no attention to her. Ain't that the way it is, though, people being nostalgic for things they didn't like in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> or liking people better once they're dead. Right. Well, liking people, I think Judy has it right, but liking people better once they're dead. <laughs> once they're out of the way. All right, Larry, so glad to have you on the show. Your book is? Uh, and Party Every Day, <clears throat> The Inside Story of Casablanca Records. And it's available on Amazon.com and wherever better books are sold. Larry, thanks a lot, man. Thanks, Larry. Thank have you. a great day. We'll talk to you soon. You too. Bye-bye. You know, the crazy thing, Judy, is if you remember, you know, everybody's saying, oh, my God, people now like to say 1977 was disco and punk rock. But the truth is, these were like fringe elements. Yeah. And the biggest band in the country was probably Styx or Yes or The Outlaws or Foreigner. I mean, that's what was happening. Uh, I'm, I'm far too young to remember this firsthand, Mike. <laughs> Who's our next guest, Judy? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for not calling out my lie. <laughs> my mother says you seem very nice. Yes, I am. Our next guest is a chef. Carla Contreras, who's going to taste Roberta's pizza for the first time today. And Welcome, Carla. I, Hi. Pizza virgin. And here's the pizza coming now. All right, and thank you, Jerry. All right. And uh, Carla's going to talk about food and sex, two of our very, very favorite topics. Right, because she is leading a um, 
uh, class on Thursday night from 7 to 9 at Shag Brooklyn on Roebling Street and North 6, is it? North 6. North 6. And Shag is what? A den of retail iniquity. <laughs> it's, it's a really cool store. Hang, the class is called Bondumi. Cheese, chocolate, and beer. Yes. How yes. could you not get laid after taking a class called Bondumi? You can't, I mean, I think it's impossible. It's guaranteed. Really? It's a guarantee lay. Yeah. Sign, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you can you can take it at seventy five bucks. Um, Shag is Shag's website, I believe, is weloveshag dot com. Um, but Carla is a chef. She's a personal chef. She teaches at ICE um, classes in. What are you teaching at ICE? I teach everything. I teach Mexican. I teach shellfish. I teach steak classes. That's a class where you definitely get laid too. I oh, mean, yeah. you eat a big honking steak. You drink. You go home, you fuck. This is the best guest we've ever had. I'll tell you what. And, and very beautiful, too, for all you people out in Radio Land. You can't see Carla. She is, uh, once again, I'm surrounded Fox, thank you. Foxy. I'm surrounded by brilliant and beautiful women. I am the luckiest guy on the internet today. There's no question about it. And I love your, your necklace, the dagger. Uh, your carving. My chef's, chef's knife. knife. Chef's knife. Yep. Whoa. Species by the thousand. Tell you what, let's take, a, let's take a quick break, play some music, taste the pizza, come back and talk about food and sex. Awesome. Jack, spin it. I've got a mouthful of pizza and Mike points at me to start. Okay. Um, I like the pizza, Carla. It's totally pornographic. <laughs> yeah, it's like melted cheese. Now, why? Our why, best guest ever. Bon, okay, fondue <laughs> is one of my favorite foods on the planet because, well, it's melted cheese. How can you go wrong? You can't go wrong. I mean, I think the idea of, of food and sex and... And dipping things mm-hmm. <laughs> just go hand in hand. That's that's why I chose it to be the first class. So what kind of what kind of fondues are you? I'm I'm a purist when it comes to fondue. I really stick to my epin, epin emmentaler and Gruyere and wine. Just Swiss. classic, classic Swiss. Uh, you can't go wrong with classic Swiss, and that's actually one of the things on the menu. Mm-hmm. Um, also doing a queso fundido with mushrooms. 
Fun cheese, I believe that translates to, right? <laughs> yes. And uh, I'm doing a dark chocolate one with cajeta, which is a caramel. Oh, wow. Yes. And we're going to do things. We're going to keep it with sweet and savory. I'm going to do some fruits, like classic aphrodisiac fruits, strawberries, grapes, um, bananas, of course. Right, right. You know, the, the picture motion, on the giant right? website. <laughs> yeah. But I'm also going to uh, have pretzels and things that have some crunch in it. Uh, bread, fresh tortilla chips I'm going to make for that class as well. Um, and we're going to have, you know... Crunchy. Beer paired with it, three different beers. Crunchy is good. You know, people always talk about the way food smells, the way it looks. People don't talk enough about the way food sounds. Uh, you know, seriously, I like I like eating hard pretzels because I like the way it sounds in my head. I don't know if this is an aphrodisiac or not, but I really like crunchy. I like carrots. I like hard pretzels. Well, we have Ashley from Shag on the line. Ashley, are you there? Hi, I am. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Thanks for being on the show. We're here with Carla. What made you guys, I mean, you guys have a great little store. What what prompted you to open a naughty little sex toy store in Williamsburg? Um, well, we, uh, Samantha and I are both passionate about um, the arts, and she has been uh, working with artists and designers um, throughout the years on various uh, projects relating to sex and arts and sexuality and sensuality and relationships. Uh, through her own personal art. She's a sculptor. Um, and she uh, had this idea to kind of open up this sexy shop that could retail some of these pieces of art, some of which are sexy adult toys um, or sexy handmade lingerie. Um, and it just sort of developed into what Shag is today, which is a, an artist. Um, retail store. We have over 40 designers who make everything from jewelry to handmade bath and body products to lingerie. Yeah, it is a lot more than just vibrators and dildos. It's, um... It's very old Williamsburg. There is another sex toy store in Williamsburg, which is very... I feel like that's the condo sex toy store, and you guys are the artist sex toy store. I like the idea that there's such a thing as the old Williamsburg. Isn't that a bunch of Jews? <laughs> old Jews? In fact, today, um, the old Jews of Williamsburg are gathering at yes. Yankee Stadium to protest the internet. So that's going to be a very there, successful there, protest. So, so, many, sure. so many of these Jews protesting the internet. 55,000 people in the stadium plus 20,000 people waiting outside watching the presentation. When and they could really just on in, in streams, it, ironically. Yeah, it could be just uh, streamed live if they believed in the internet. But, but anyway, Ashley. So, wh- how did you and Carla come up with this class idea? Um, well, Carla has been doing a lot of research. Obviously, food is Carla's domain, and um, we at Shag we offer a variety of workshops with um, with a variety of topics. And when we met Carla, obviously, we wanted to incorporate the idea of food and, you know, just savoring food as a pleasurable sensation um, and kind of, you know, tying that into how people experience the pleasure of food since obviously shag is about pleasure and and kind of stimulating the senses in in that regard. So um, we started talking to Carla about, you know, coming up with a concept that can um, get people thinking about food in a different way. And so she's really taken it on. Um, and we wanted to do kind of a series so that we could get people um, to sort of, you know, look at food in a, in a different way, kind of take, take time to slow down and savor uh, different flavors and kind of 
um, appreciate food, I think, and in a slightly different way from what we're used to. Carla, what do you think is the sexiest food? What's what's the dinner I need to make to get lucky? Actually, I know the answer, but I'm going to put it to you and see if you agree. I, I've, I mean, if I'm lucky enough to get the girl to my house to have dinner, okay, <laughs> it's, it's a sure thing. Okay, that's the problem. That's, that's sealing the that, deal that's right the problem. there. Once I get the girl to my house, it's not a problem. You could make her a grilled cheese and get laid. Well, but what what will be I like? A, I make a good grilled cheese. I, I make a very unctuous. <laughs> I think food is subjective. I think that that what about sexiness. Like oysters? Oysters are are definitely. I mean, it's a similar to a vulva. I mean, when you look at a, an oyster, what do you see? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Casanova used to put them on his maidens and lick them off their pussy. That's how he used to what start cunnilingus. What a nut! I mean, you shouldn't really need them. Um, Allure. Well, that was the sauce. You know, you needed the sauce on it. I eat more oysters than any man ever seen. I would guess Guzzle, oysters. Dozen is oysters. And <laughs> unless, you're, unless you're really crafty with a knife, like those are a bitch to open. So maybe that's not a natural Oh, thing. I have a trick oh, to open you know, them. I gotta say, 450 I a, degree oven, they pop right open. No, I put a, them in there for about 30 you know, seconds. When we did the oyster CSA at last Christmas, Judy, I, you know, I learned. I went to the class, learned how to shuck an oyster, and uh, did did that um, with a young lady, and it was it was a really good experience all the way around from the opening. And did she go home with you? Um, it was at her house, so it was kind of <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, all right. Hey, when you show up with like two dozen oysters and bags yanked right out of you know, you know, the water off of Rhode Island, it's like, come on in, dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> what well, about what about the um, sexiest dessert? What would you say that is? Panna cotta because it has a wobble to it. Uh huh. It already moves. Oh, I like the way you do that. Yeah, it's just like. <laughs> I think that this my go-to dinner. Okay, my sexy go-to dinner is a roast chicken. I, I think it's a roast hard to chicken, do a perfect you know, roast chicken. You know, I think that is a fucking myth. You know, I always see that. And you watch on Top Chef. Oh, roast chicken is the test for all chefs if you can do it right. I, you know, once I learned how to do it, it's, I mean, don't let it dry out. I mean, get the yeah, fucking exactly. thing out of the oven. But it fills the house. With, it smells great, you know, uh, with enough garlic and the root vegetables. And it's so sensuous. And it's juicy. And the cutting and the carving. The whole scene. It's like something out of Tom Jones in the movie. It's very sensual. And, of course, it just begs for, like, some voluptuous red wine. Exactly. To go with it. It's uh, very encouraging for you know, the wine drinking. And you know what I say, McGuire? Grass is fast, but liquor is quicker. <laughs> <laughs> and acid is like lightning. Mike has, that as a tra- has a tramp stamp that says just that. Really? Yes. We'll see it later. I'm, I'm the last person from New Jersey not to have a tattoo. You are, I think. It, it could be. Hey, speaking of New Jersey, you were telling us the best sandwich in the world comes from Milburn, your hometown. Please Milburn, share New this. Milburn, New Jersey. It's, it's <laughs> called, I don't know how sexy it is, especially if you're not a mayonnaise fan. It is a... <laughs> <laughs> it is rye bread. It's two layers. So there's like the rye bread in the middle. So three slices of bread. The first layer, I'm not, I haven't had one in a while, but it's buttered. <laughs> then there is a cold cut with coleslaw on it and Russian dressing. And then the same thing on top. But now I've heard, because my high school reunion was last week, and everyone was upset because now you have to ask for the butter. When, like, the butter used to be uh, part of the butter. Standard. Mm. Yeah, so I guess people, they're a little more heart-healthy. So where, where do you stand, Carla, on your, your smoked meats as an aphrodisiac and your, your sliced cold cuts? Sliced cold cuts? Well, I mean, sausage. There's, shape. <laughs> There's the shape right there. Right? You have to move beyond the shape. Uh, what about like spicy foods, like a nice spi- spicy sobrasada or you know, there's nice cured Italian meats or some nice um, French or Catalan uh, I, I, I think anything can be sexy if you're sharing it with someone else. 
I really not do. Beans, I, though. I, I bet a bean dish is not a sexy dish. You know what? There is. There is. You ever see, uh, see Anne Margaret taking a bath in them? <laughs> <laughs> there is lime and there is cilantro. There's reasons mm. why people add accompaniments to beans that make you less gassy. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Lime so if and you're on, so if the, you are uh, on a date, you better put some damn cilantro on that thing. Really? I didn't you know don't want to just whip out your beano. No, Cause, no beano. Because you know when you're you're in Mexico, they bring limes to you right away. If you ever sit down at a table anywhere in Mexico, it's like bam, here's some lime. Like like Americans are obsessed with a glass of ice water. If you sit down at a diner or a coffee shop or any, anywhere really. It helps water. with digestion. Mexico, they bring you limes. Yeah, it helps with digestion. I always just thought it was. You don't st- want to be farting throughout sex. Yeah. No, not sexy. No, it's not sexy at all. I think it's universally not sexy. Agreed. Yeah, I have to agree. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ashley, do you have any other good classes coming up that we should know about? And where can people find Shag? Um, we do have some good classes coming up. Obviously, there's uh, the Fondue Me with Carla. Um, we also have a, um, a goddess class. Uh, it's a burlesque class for the everyday woman. Um, we have uh, the from the book Fifty Shades of Grey. We have our friends the Dommy Dolls doing um, our version of it. It's called the Fifty Shades of Kink. Um, and then we have our introduction to Shibari Rope Bondage coming up as well. Oh, well. Now, is there some way you can compare that pair that with some food and wine through the rope bondage? Uh, <laughs> well, actually, with Fifty Shades of Kink, they do get complimentary um, champagne. So. We, t- we try to tie that in a little bit. But, I, want, uh, I want rope we, bondage and pizza. With rope bondage, we try to keep it <laughs> as, maybe a lobster. as, uh, as clear-headed <laughs> as possible. <laughs> so, Carla... Um, How do we get a shrimp cocktail into this, this deal? <laughs> cocktail. <laughs> oh. We can get tied up and then fed. Mm-hmm. Or not. Oh, there, is, there is always that. <laughs> so, Carla, tell me about your website. Where can people find you? My website is uh, redclawedkitchen.com. That's where you can find me. Um, I teach at ICE Institute of Culinary Education, and I also do private events. I actually do private events at Shag as well. I've done a birthday party. I did it about a month ago there. It was great. Do you make, like, penis cupcakes or something? Penis cupcakes are not sexy, okay? okay. Speak for yourself. No, let me tell you. Okay, when you when you ladies get together and do whatever you do, your we always have day, naked it's pillows. So cute, we your do. penis cookies and your your penis cakes. And, oh my god, you know. penis cake! I mean, would you think delicious. like a big a big cake of like two boobies would be? Yes, that is really? also very. That sexy. That was my request for my birthday this year. Okay. I, I had. I is it sexy cup- or is it kitsch? I mean, it was cool. It was cool. Okay, it was cool. I had booby cupcakes for my birthday. I, I think I feel I feel pretty liberated and pretty comfortable in my own skin, but I'm not putting a penis cupcake in my mouth. It just got happen. Because yeah, it would turn you gay. It would instantly turn you gay. Oh, well, I, every day I get up and I pray my gay away, Judy. God. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go to Yankee Stadium and get with those Jews. Yeah, <laughs> and help help ban the internet in Williamsburg. <laughs> they're they're not it's, having a good week. It's fucking nuts. Out I mean, there. the whole like the Charles Hines like protecting oh. the molesters like. <sighs> Bad week to be Hasidim. And, and, and my favorite local hate sheet, the New York Post, uh, of course, today it's you know big uh, editorial by one of uh, these Jews talking about why they need to ban the internet. And the next page is 96 um, cases of alleged child molestation among the same people who are trying to ban the internet. Oh, maybe they go hand in hand. <laughs> no. <Nope>. Internet bad. <laughs> Inter- no, it's, I think it's like I think it's churchy people. It doesn't matter their religion when they, you get fundamentalists together who think that they're right. I mean, look at the Catholics; they're not, they don't have a good rep either. Well, tell people don't, and then they will count on it, and they will in ways that you didn't imagine, in ways that are wrong. 
Well, the benefit this week for the guy who was molesting the girl, that was... Oh, sorry, I'm about to burp. <laughs> oh, no. See, we not can say anything on the radio here. <laughs> oh, man, not sexy, the burping. The pizza's good, though, right? Pizza's good, and the Diet Coke is... Pizza's delicious. So if I were to come over to your house for dinner and you, and you really you know, want to you know, get over on me, what would you make me, Carla? <sighs> I think I can't go wrong with a porterhouse. Oh, no, you it, can't go wrong with a porterhouse. <laughs> and it has Tell to be more. crusty. Yes, it How do you get that crust oh, at home? Oh. I cook it in a cast iron. I have I, the secret I, way of doing it. 450 degree oven. Get the, the cast iron there for about 45 minutes. And then I sear the shit out of the porterhouse with a little bit of olive oil. Um, I put smoked salt from the filling station on it. This and it has, like, seriously, like a quarter inch of a crust in it. We're going to have to talk. This is exactly the way I do it. I actually um, learned it from, my, I guess, Mark Bitten in the New York Times to use my cast iron grill pan, you know, the one with the ridges. Yeah, exactly. In the broiler. In the broiler. Oh, I haven't in done the, it in the broiler. In the, I, use the, I use the grill pan in the broiler. That's how you get it hot because it's cooking from both sides. Yeah. And um, you can flip it twice to get the lines if you want it to look picture perfect. <laughs> exactly. I find that very, very important, too. When, when you pull out that porterhouse and it's got those great crosshatch lines. Exactly. The diamonds. It has to be sexy, it's, right? It's awesome, right? Exactly. And I don't have a professional oven in my house, but if you put the tray as close as you can up to the fire exactly. with the grill pan, you can get it pretty damn close to a steakhouse quality steak cooked. I mean, you don't, I mean, a broiler is very important and a professional oven that fire is hot enough. But exactly. even with my crappy old oven, I get great results every time, Judy. <laughs> what about your starch component? Starch? Who needs a the starch? starch I love. Oh my god! I had these potatoes the other night that were cooked in bone marrow and butter. They were like the oh, most delicious god. thing I've ever had. Uh, it makes me want to take my pants off. <laughs> <laughs> bone marrow is pretty sexy for, bone for marrow those of us is, who can handle it. It's beautiful. It is very, very, very sexy bone marrow. Roast bone marrow, like the osupuka, but like cut, like but roasted right in the bone. Oh yeah. Uh, that that unctuous. Talk about uh, texture. It is. Man, I had that at, at a fancy Mineta Tavern. That was pretty good. So, what do you make for your boyfriend when you when you want to? My boyfriend eat? is easy. He'll eat anything, and then <laughs> you know anything. Any food makes him horny. We used to get into fights at restaurants when we first started seeing each other because I would see him watch someone go across the room, and it'd be like the waitress, and I'd be like, "What are you checking out that waitress for?" And he's like. What waitress? He would just be fascinated by what was on the plate. <laughs> That's amazing. He salivates over. He would. He would be happy with anything. I think we need, you need to come back, Carla. What we need to also talk about food before sex. I think we need to talk about food after sex. Right. Oh, I make the best eggs in the morning. Oh man, We're this is the perfect woman here. We're gonna talk. I was thinking more like immediately after the act, like like <laughs> like some dark chocolate, a glass of wine, some armagnac, some calvados. But the next morning is good too. She's powered up and doing you all night long. You know, you have to do it all night long. Cold pizza and beer. Cold pizza, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite. Yeah, baby. All right. Once again, it's been the fastest half hour on the internet today. It's the Mike and Judy show for Mike and Judy and engineer of the stars Jack Insley and our guest Carla Contreras. Thank you. And yes. Ashley, thanks so much for for calling in. Thanks a lot. Have All a great right. Sunday. It's Donna Summer, everybody. Get it on. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. 
You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening.